Hey everybody, welcome back to Unfiltered. I am your co-host, Dr. Samuel J. Unfortunately, Jay Schrader could not make it this week. I went out solo to Balmer Peak Distillery, which is out in Lakewood, Colorado, where I met with Eric and with Austin, the co-owners and co-founders of that distillery, which opened up about a year ago now. Really, really fun guys. Uh, had a great conversation about where they come from. Interesting fact, they became friends in middle school. So 20 to 25 years ago, that is when this thing started. They're from Arizona, they moved to Colorado. Not too long ago, they opened up this venture and COVID has not been a boom for them, but uh, it's definitely kind of impacted their business in a very positive way. But I'll let them get into it and discuss it. As always, thank you so much for the support that you offer us and tell your friends about us. If you haven't, follow us on, on the socials. We're out there at Unfiltered Craft. Sometimes it's got a period in between Unfiltered and Craft. But you can find us and enjoy the show and hope you're having a fantastic week. And, and as you roll into the weekend, you have a fantastic weekend. And for those parents out there, I know there are many of you. I hope you are surviving fall break. But if you're not, you can always just have a, a cold beverage. We support that no matter what time of the day. So... With that said, the boys from Balmer Peak now join the show. This episode is brought to you by Elon Naturals. Handcrafted in Boulder, Colorado, Elon's all-natural products are made with CBD extracted from Colorado-certified hemp. Ryan and Alec Nyberg, good friends of ours, founders and co-owners of Elon, as well as big supporters of craft beer, including being supporters of the Sip Beer Fest we did earlier this year, use no toxins, no chemicals, and only certified organic ingredients in everything that they make. Whether you're looking for bath bombs, Foot soaks, lip balms, paint sticks, or tinctures, Elon has you covered. And they make pet products, too. Find Elon Naturals on Instagram and Facebook and place your order now at elonnaturals.com. When you do, plug in the promo code UNFILTERED20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Again, that's UNFILTERED20. Plug it in at checkout at elonnaturals.com for 20% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Rooftech Precision Exteriors. Founded by a fourth-generation roofing expert and two veteran general contractors, Rooftech combines unmatched residential and commercial roofing knowledge with project management excellence, which means that your next roofing project will not only be handled by those that know what they're doing, but know how to complete your project without wasting your time. Find Rooftech on Instagram and Facebook and learn more at rooftechco.com. That's R-O-O-F-T-E-C-C-O.com. And when you schedule your roof replacement project, mention Unfiltered and receive a free upgrade to impact-resistant Class 4 shingles. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like it's a hell of a deal. Again, that's RoofTechCo.com. Uh, can you introduce yourself, good sir? Yeah, I'm uh, Austin Adamson, distiller yeah. and co-owner here at Balmer Peak Distillery. Have you done a podcast before? Yeah, well, I mean... No, it's seriously, like, have you guys done podcasts? Not not for the distillery, no. Okay, so this is your first one? Yeah. We're breaking your... Well, I'm not going <laughs> to leave it. We do have a, a, a sometimes a young audience, but you guys can cuss, you can say whatever you want, FYI. Um, um, Eric, if you can yell, you can introduce yourself. I'm Eric Strom. Uh, I'm a co-owner and manager here at Balmer Peak Distillery. There we go. Bingo. Okay. Um, address. We always like to open up with that. Where Where are we? Yeah. So we're at 12347 West Alameda Parkway okay. uh, in Lakewood, Colorado, just up against Green Mountain. Just uh, not too far from the King Supers. Yeah. We're, we're sandwiched between the King Supers and the Safeway. Okay. 
kind of there's that natural grocers across the street that could, well there is yeah there's just just on there's the east this side. way yeah. oh shit i need to go to natural grocers and pick up some some vegan food for my wife so um maybe i'll do that after that well, it depends on how much whiskey we drink okay so uh uh I, while he's working yeah. can you can you i guess begin to tell the story of balmer creek and then we can kind of meander from there yeah so um Eric and I have been really good friends since before high school. Okay. Um, grew up in the Phoenix area in Arizona, right. and Eric wanted to change the scenery, kind of different weather or actual weather, not just hot or yeah. not hot. Yeah. Uh, and he decided to to make his way out to to Colorado. So we did a we did a brewery tour, um, kind uh-huh. of while I was in town for a friend's wedding. Yeah. And we ended up drinking at Golden Moon Speakeasy. Okay. Okay. And kind of just came to this realization that you know what if what if we did something like uh-huh. this like what if we you know the the craft beer we love craft beer but yeah. it's kind of saturated right Thanks, now sir. um and what if what do you, what if we did something like that but with spirits okay um and so it kind of started out as a little bit of a just a fun thing to say like oh yeah one day we'll you know we'll do that we'll open a bar we're, we'll make a distillery you know that that kind of inside joke between friends and then yeah um kind of as eric became more and more uh uh I guess frustrated with his his job, yeah. uh, his day job. That, Often um, the case. Uh, yes. Kind of led to you know doing more research, you know building the 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 business model and and the business plan and, and kind of figuring out if it was possible how we could do it. Doing the research, um, and then just of course lots of market research as far as sampling different spirits from from across the world. So what year was this then? Because I know Eric, you know, as I was setting up, said he moved here seven years ago. So, so when did you move here then? So I, I moved here two years ago. So okay. this was uh, about six years ago is when we had the conversation. All right. That first spark of, of an idea. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it took about six years of, of not so much working towards it, but doing a lot of research and, and changing our business model and trying to figure out something that could work. Uh, and then... We were looking for buildings, okay. and just in the Denver area, we kind of wanted to be somewhere initially that had a lot of foot traffic, somewhere mm-hmm. more trendy, you know, Rhino-ish kind of, yeah. and and get a bunch of business that way. Um, but we couldn't really find a venue that that really worked, and yeah. rent there is really expensive. Yeah, in those really, places. I heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we we ended up kind of uh, expanding our scope just slightly, and yeah. found this little this little Allstate claim center uh, here in Lakewood, and. It was the perfect size. Yeah. Uh, we we had uh, had an architect come out and look at it because we've been told multiple times that you shouldn't buy or rent or build a distillery in a non-sprinkler building okay. because you're going to have to sprinkler it, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and that's expensive. So okay. find something that already had the sprinkler done. This is a non-sprinkler building, okay. uh, but we're small enough that it's it's realistic that we just have a hose yeah and we we <laughs> won't overproduce it. the quantities and become a fire hazard okay. to the same extent where we would ah. need a, a sprinkler system i'll get some pictures of the the production facility <laughs> after this but uh i mean friends of ours uh you you've seen bear creek and we've seen um you know personally seen where lock and co is producing their stuff um you know we haven't been down to deer hammer yet but one of these days we'll get down there this is compact, but it looks very, very nicely organized. <laughs> you have an efficient use of space. So yes, not there is no free uh, square yeah. foot of, of space on that floor. It's I, very hard to move back. Then. I I move I move things out as I when I open up the garage doors. I take things out of the distillery okay. so then I can work in yeah. the distillery. Yeah. Um, we we normally aren't this cramped. Well, I should say normally we haven't been open a year, but uh-huh. we weren't initially this cramped until. Uh, 
we kind of pivoted so much and, and came up with new revenue streams or new ideas for having to work within the the parameters yeah. of the of the pandemic and that that has you know cocktails to go we've got a pallet of, of bottles that we use for cocktails to go uh, we've got two totes that are left over from from hand sanitizer making and 11 blue poly drums that were given to That's us from comrade brewing okay. uh, so we just have yeah a lot of extra stuff and now we just have to find creative ways to use it, it get rid of this. it okay yeah so it's about uh what 650 square feet or 750 yeah. of uh, in the production room okay um, it's not i mean it's it's i mean it's a two-car garage it's small <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay hold on this looks delicious are oh, you yeah. are you guys not drinking with me well, we'll, we'll drink. Uh, yeah, we'll. we'll uh, I can't drink yeah. by myself <laughs> because that signals a problem. Okay, but when you're drinking with people, eh, you're being social. So, uh, yeah, what am I in, in front of you right now, uh, it's kind of uh, it's my favorite cocktail. Okay. Uh, we, it's one of our most populars, but really only because I tell people to get it. Um, it's a three dots and a dash. Okay. It's one of the original tiki cocktails. All right. I'm a I'm a big tiki person. Really love the weird history behind it. Try to uh, you know include that as much as possible in nice. our drink menu. Um, so this is one of the original original tiki cocktails from the 40s. Um, Am I supposed to take this out or let it poke me? You know eye? what? It's uh, it's up to you. Okay. Well, it's it's, it's it your own experience. You decide. I can drink it faster. The umbrella. <laughs> this is delicious. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm that down. has uh, a little bit of uh, golden rum, spiced rum, lime juice, orange juice, orja, allspice, bitters, honey. Um, are, are you the one designing all of this? Well, so we're kind of in a strange situation with our cocktails. Uh, I think this one's a really good example of what we have to do. Uh, we're only allowed to serve alcohol that we make. Okay. Um, so traditionally, this drink would have a couple other things in it that we either have to use substitutes for mm -hmm. or uh, like we use our spice drum in this which has a lot of flavors that you would normally find in falernum okay, okay. Uh, we can't go out and buy falernum so kind of substitute that in um, so our drink menu is kind of a mix of classic recipes stuff that we come up with for the classic recipes we have to <laughs> find substitutes, make them ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we have a, a few drinks with liqueurs in them that we make just for the bar here um, because we can't just go out and buy a bottle of triple sec or yeah. whatever. Uh, we have a drink that normally has chartreuse, so okay. I make my own herbal liqueur for the bar. Oh, my um, God, you guys are like actual entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so this one, that's my favorite drink on the menu. Um, kind of has a little bit of that going on in there. That's delicious. Yeah. That's really good. And um, it's going to get really shitty tomorrow weather-wise, but on this 80-degree Denver day, that, that fits. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. So if I tomorrow, what? So, so my next drink, when it's really shitty out, you got to give me tomorrow's drink. Ooh, tomorrow's drink, uh, I would probably go with... Uh, what is a good uh, cold weather drink? We're getting there. Well, we were we were talking about trying to figure out different ways to incorporate hot drinks into yeah. our into our menu this season, okay. more so this year. Um, we did some hot buttered rum hot last year. Hot buttered rum is a great example of a of a of a delicious drink any time of day, as long as it's cold out. <laughs> uh, Will you guys get a drink? Yes. So I can do a cheers. Uh, just an old please. fashioned. There we go. Uh, Perfect. Um, okay, so I guess how. I know you two know you're you're not are you child you're high school friends you're middle Pretty school friends yeah middle school sure okay so what was 
Tell us about that. Tell us about being middle schoolers together. How in the hell? <laughs> I mean, a friendship that has lasted. How old are you guys now? So I'm 32. Eric's 31. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, a while. Yeah. You've been friends for 20 years, give or take. Yeah, I guess okay. So. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? How did the friendship start? I mean, was it you were you were uh, I don't know somebody was bullying somebody else, or was it you were on the same sports team? You guys like chess? What, what was it? Gamers? <laughs> well, we're kind of we're kind of nerdy, I guess. Okay. Um, right. um, so the kind of the, I think where our friendship really grew was uh, in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. We were on the same in the same PE class. Okay. We were, went to a very small high school. Okay. Uh, Graduating well, class was 59 people. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Iowa. Mine was 45. So, right. we, yeah, okay. You know everybody. So we knew everyone. And you know what uh, they're doing now and, and what drugs they're on. Right. Yeah. And so, we were in a, a very special PE class, I guess I would special. say. Special. Okay. Um, there was like this this year, there were the option to do like weight training uh, mm-hmm. or there was like this other PE class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we were like, ah, weight yeah. training doesn't sound fun. Let's do the other PE class, okay. which was like, um, it's one semester was individual sport and one semester was team sport. Okay. Um, so it was kind of just uh, hanging out and doing these weird sports. For example, um, we convinced our teacher to teach us curling. Okay. Nice. Now, this is Phoenix. Yes. Uh, curling, yeah. There's, yes. there's not uh, a yes. lot of natural forming ice no, no. in Phoenix. It's not really. You're not out there... <laughs> Yeah. So uh, our our teacher, uh, oh, I like you guys. Already. She was creative enough and willing enough to, to find a way to do it. Gosh, she uh, let us do whatever we wanted. She, um, we went to the outdoor basketball court, okay. uh, covered it in wood chips, and got these furniture dollies with fifty pound weights on them. Uh-huh. Uh, one person was in charge of sliding the, the dolly with the weight on it, uh-huh. and the other two people had to sweep the wood chips out of the way to a specific spot and try and bump into other others. No. So we, we learned the rules. We were, we had, we were tested on the rules and then we played. What uh, is this PE teacher's name? This person needs like a, a thank you. Uh, Miss Rivers. Miss Rivers. Uh, wow. Yeah, Rivers. <laughs> she still messages us and still, uh, we, we had a, an ongoing joke saying that we were going to start our own curling team and go to the Olympics one day. And, well, you're uh, close to the curling facility. Exactly. She's willing to be our coach <laughs> right. still. So, uh, Holy shit, it Miss Rivers. one day. <laughs> I mean, not to throw my PE teacher, Miss Pavey, underneath uh, the bus, but uh, she didn't have a lot of interesting activities for us to do. We, we used to rent um, um, roller skates, and then you would get like – roller skates and just roller skate around the gym okay. for an hour while she read Us Weekly or something? We, we had one of those segments, but it was uh, it was roller disco themed. And so we had like a 70s playlist and like, you know, we, we were doing like yeah. synchronized roller roller skating uh, yeah. and stuff like that. It was a, one of the uh, classes that kept us interested and also led to us collaborating and coming up with really dumb business ideas uh, to some extent <laughs> Cheer, cheers to one dumb business idea taking off so cheers. thank you gentlemen okay so he's told me a little bit about the origins why did you like him why why what like what is it i mean i'm trying to think of my you know middle school friends and high school friends many of whom are still great best friends of mine so why did you two hit it off uh, like you said we were both kind of nerdy like the same things uh he used to. His family used to do a, uh, a Halloween party every year. That yeah. um, I always brought the projector that my family had, so we could watch yeah. horror movies nice. outside on on the big screen. Um, and then, especially like after college and everything, you were my one friend who could go and travel and do stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I was looking to move out of the Phoenix area um, and kind of just checking out cities, I wanted to go up to Portland 
and you know he was the one person that I could be like, hey, do you want to drop everything you're doing right now? Come up to Portland and drink for a week with me. <laughs> Did the friendship <laughs> was it pretty sustained all through middle school to college and all that, or was it one of those things where you guys kind of came back as as best friends? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't live in the same area. Like after yeah. after high school, I moved to California for a while, but Eric yeah. would come visit yeah. in California. I'd you know That's visit awesome. visit when I was in town back back in Phoenix, and okay. then yeah, we'd go on these. Uh, Portland and Denver were kind of the two big food and drinking like hey do I want to live here let's go drink and eat everything we can and see if we want to live here kind of a thing how did you get into the food and the drink thing like how did you two know that that it wasn't just making whiskey it wasn't just opening a bar it was having a real respect for the combination of good good liquor good spirits good alcohol and good food I, I kind of always say it's a it sounds very alcoholic-y um, and it's not it's not in that <laughs> way but show. like uh, a big thing for me was the first time that I spent money on a good bottle of scotch okay um, I think I was probably like 21 or 22 or something um, and you know, at the time, didn't have a whole lot of money, so a $50 bottle of whiskey was a, a big purchase for me. Um, but the first time that I drank it and was just like, holy shit, like, yeah. whiskey doesn't have to taste like bottom shelf <laughs> jack. Like, there's, yeah, yeah. there's good whiskey out there. It's not yeah. just, you know, shoot it back and cringe. Um, <laughs> and so, so I think that is kind of what started me on that whole, like, oh, alcohol doesn't have to taste bad. There's yeah. good things out there. Let's... So were you the weird, I mean, knowing that, and also coming from a place where I was often the guy who brought beer to a party that I only, only I drank, because they're like, <laughs> why, this is so bad, this is disgusting. Were you the weirdo at the party? Were you the guy, or, or were, you, were people coming to you knowing that, okay, Eric has a good taste for good liquor, teach me more, or, or, or was it kind of, what was that... Where were I, I you think, socially in terms? Well, yeah, of that? I think both of us were kind of okay. the, not not necessarily the weird thing, yeah. but or the you know the good liquor, but it was always going to be like, oh, they're bringing something that's that's <laughs> weird or that they've been making in their basement for uh, um, you know the last yeah. two months yeah. and stuff like that. That's that's yeah. okay. So, um, um, did you want to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, when I turned twenty-one, uh, I happened to live near a Total Wine, okay. uh, and so I would go there. Uh, you know, a few times a month, and try and just get the the, the most unique things. I'd find a usually, you know, in the thirty dollar range. Nothing. Yeah. No, I wasn't spending fifty dollars <laughs> yeah. on a bottle at that age. Uh, but a place like Total Wine, you might be able to get something really yeah, good exactly. for thirty and bucks. It's just a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah, so I yeah, went yeah. through, and I I started with beers. You know, I did. Uh, that's how I got into IPAs for a while. Like okay. I just got twenty eight different IPAs, nice. and then drank one a day for the entire month of February. That's you know, perfect. that kind of thing. Yes. And then uh, after that, I was like, well. Okay, these kids like this Skittles vodka stuff. So I was like, what about infusing alcohol uh, with other flavors? So I did yeah. the Skittles vodka, and then I went down a rabbit hole where I found a middle-of-the-road vodka mm -hmm. um, and then would infuse it or, or macerate different flavors into that and okay. then branched out from vodka to tequilas or uh, mezcals, um, shochus, and, and just kind of flavored different things. And then I would bring them to party. The good, the good quick, easy... Uh, crowd favorite was I would get uh, a caramel vodka okay. and I would take Starbucks via caramel, the instant coffee, yeah. uh, and add uh, a packet of that plus a vanilla bean into that uh, bottle of vodka and then just let like shake it up for the day, yeah. bring it to the party and it, it never it never came back. It was empty oh my right God. away. Well, and there there was uh, that one video of us that was I think right after your twenty first, <laughs> where we where we visited and we were just like, oh, you have all this leftover weird alcohol that you have. Let's mix things together and make the most oh, disgusting yeah. thing that we could. So the shit that you were doing in middle school with soda, 
which is yeah. bro you're doing uh, with liquor when yeah. you're 21 yeah, yeah exactly okay you know, and, and yeah just trying to that was kind of really where i was inspired or, or first cut my teeth on on making mixing and, and drinking different and weird things what were you doing for work at the time that he was up here doing his thing uh you know a bunch <laughs> of weird stuff yeah. so I, I after high school i got a job doing it work uh okay. in california um and then kind of bounced around um so i was actually at, at a corrosion engineering firm doing it and then they trained me for a field tech job so i was set laying uh, fiber optic cables in underground water pipelines for corrosion monitoring nice so i did that for a little bit and then i worked at an ambulance manufacturer uh and and kind of was doing the, mostly their it stuff but occasionally we'd have to go deliver an ambulance or let me drive an ambulance uh, across town <laughs> that's and, pretty rad and then like turn the lights on and then figure out it's not as easy to turn them off uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then yeah like uh i worked in a flour mill for a little bit okay. uh kind of just odd jobs here and there virtual reality arcade you know just whatever Shit, I'm all was, over the place. No, no, no. That's, uh, that's <laughs> no judgment here, man. I've done some crazy shit in my life, so I totally get it. Um, so I guess at what point did the conversations about doing this become real? Question one. And question two, why distilling and why not something else, knowing that you have a background? You got, I mean, clearly you, you two think artistically, but also you know, very kind of engineeringly, mechanically and yeah. all of that. So, yeah, why, why this? Well, I, uh, you know, we were listening to last week's episode with Lenny that mm -hmm. um, he had this whole thing about he was a graphic designer and he uh, didn't like that he didn't make something tangible okay. um, that you could put your hands on. Mm -hmm. And I, I listened and I was like, oh, that's exactly the same yeah. for me that, you know, if you wanted to, you could go delete my professional career in five minutes and there's no trace of the, it ever happening. Yeah. Um, for me... It, there was a real want to make something physical and okay. like, you know, in 50 years, I might still have a bottle of this lying around. Mm -hmm. Whereas the websites that I made and all that stuff, nobody's going to remember in five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes sense. For sure. Absolutely. And what about you? Uh, you know, I, like I said, I just like alcohol. Okay. Uh, I think that's really what it was. And, and it's such a, a creatively fulfilling experience. Like you're making something that's tangible and then you get to share it with people. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to be kind of uh, a catalyst or a, a lubricant to to good conversation, to entertaining times, and to, yeah, fun, I guess. Um, so that's kind of like what I noticed when I would make uh, th these weird basement mixtures uh, and share them at parties is that people people liked them, you know, and that it was it was fun to share and that's i wanted to be a part of that i guess yeah. so how does one or two go from being a mixologist to actually making this stuff how did you learn how to do it uh a lot of the internet okay uh, we're we're <laughs> lucky this thing. we're lucky to be in a in a in an era and a in a position that there's so much information probably too much information at our fingertips at any given time so i've gone down the q and on no i'm not a believer <laughs> not a cure but I, i'm fascinated by, us, it by is these people very fascinating yes, yes. yes. so too much information yes um and it was it was kind of uh when we when this started getting real when it, it was when you know we started watching youtube videos started reading uh reading books or or forums and yeah. and Kind of learning the process and um you know like traveling to to other distilleries or breweries and and seeing seeing the production mm -hmm. kind of 
starting to understand like oh that big tank i actually know what what that's for like seeing that waste that gets pulled out like oh that's the grain oh i kind of understand how this is working Uh now and and like that that kind of that clicking and then like getting some equipment and then trying it ourselves so we didn't really do much distilling or brewing like we didn't we don't have a background in in home brewing Mm -hmm. you know we didn't do any we jumped right into distilling yeah Uh, when we found this building uh, is when I moved to to Denver. Yeah, okay. I've been and up here for like a week at that point. I, yeah, there, I, I, there I was the yes, we're doing this. You move up here, but we still didn't have a building or anything right. like that. Okay, and then I we had a a, a small test still that I had mm-hmm. operated maybe twice before moving to Denver. Nice. Um, in in the outdoors of Arizona, mm-hmm. where it it doesn't cool down, so it was you know a challenge to to have condensing water, but. Um, yeah, so then I got a job. Uh, in, immediately, I knew I needed to kind of work around alcohol. So I, I tried to get a job at uh, a large Colorado whiskey distillery as a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a conflict of interest because I told, I was up front. I was like, I am going to open up my own distillery. Okay. Uh, so they were like, no, nah, can't do it. And I was like, Sorry, all right, no this worries. is such a coveted job. Yeah, we, so, we can't get it to you. <laughs> so then I went to another distillery. Uh, and they said, oh, you could be a bartender for us. I was like, mm. I don't really want to be a bartender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if, and finally, there was a, a post. It was up for like only like five minutes yeah. before they took it down. Uh, but for Denver Distillery, they posted and they wanted oh. an assistant distiller uh, at Denver Distillery. And, and I, I immediately messaged Eric. Like, saw he's like, email these people email, right now. <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then by the time I sent the email, the post was already taken down. Like internally, they're like, no, we don't. We don't want to just a random person yeah. applying for this. Uh, and then I showed up, told them I was going to be starting my own distillery, and they're like, all right, come come tomorrow and will distill i was like all right cool so what did okay so i mean knowing that you did that and knowing that you were you were very kind of transparent about the fact yeah. that you opened this up what did they take you on as kind of we're going to help him we're going to train him or was so the the like, head distiller at the time he apparently didn't tell the owner okay. uh, that i was going to be starting my own distillery nice. so it didn't come out until a few months later when the owner ron ron tarver he he was uh he was asking you know asking me questions like so are you going to open up your own place someday i was like yeah Look at these pictures. We just got our still. Uh, and then from that point on, he only referred to me as uh, Espion, which oh. is uh, French for spy. Oh, my God. Uh, and so he introduced me to every single person that came in the door as Espion. Uh, and so Was he being a smart – like, did he re- was he really butthurt? No, no, no. <laughs> and, he, and Denver Distillery, t- still to this day, is super supportive of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I milk some grain there a, a couple times a month yeah. still. Like, it's all a, a great relationship. Our, our opening night, they let us steal their bartenders. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like that's what we've, we've learned to love and, like, appreciate about this industry. At least right now and where we are, everyone is just so helpful, so collaborative, uh, not gatekeeping at all, uh, which is what I've heard the brewing industry used to be like. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, so how serendipitous that you two come into this moment in Colorado at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, did you know that that was going to be the case? Did you think that was going to be the case, or was it just kind of luck? Unfortunately? Oh, it, I mean, it was definitely luck. I've always kind of described the whole process that we went through, that, you know, but from the time that we said, let's open a distillery, to yeah. the time that we were actually open was five and a half years um four of those years were just research time Mm -hmm. and i always say that you know if we had the money to open up 
like our first business plan because we just spent two years like all right this is the business plan this is how much it needs we don't have that much let's get it cheaper and just kept doing that for two years if we had had the money to do our first business plan we would be closed already um that two years really gave us the opportunity to um you know, research, see what's working for other people, see what's not working for other people. And if we had just gone into this completely blind, it would not have been a good time for us. So how did you know to prepare like that though? I mean, how did you know? Because a lot of people try to, okay. Yeah. Like we want to do this. So we know, well, we got all this time just to plan and to do the smart business shit. Yeah. Oh, overall we, there's been a lot of things like that that we have just gotten very, very lucky on. Okay. Like fifty percent of us being here right now is just right place, right time, luck. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and uh, to to luck into that assistant distiller job uh, at Denver Distillery, yeah. um, I learned a lot from the head distiller Chad at the time, and then uh, about six or seven months into into my job as the assistant, he left. Okay. I became head distiller. And then in okay. my final six months or so, I was head distiller and trained my replacement. Okay. Um, so just like I learned, you know, how to make the existing recipes, how to how to like overcome challenges when there's no one but yourself to to help you, uh, you know, working with with different equipment, you know, different fermentation styles, different yeast strains, and then kind of uh, really like all that experience came right as we were building out this place mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, kind of learning as, as I went and, and that well, was in, in infinitely helpful. And uh, there's just all sorts of other weird stuff that we got lucky on. Like, he was on Moonshiners. Uh, he was on okay. their pilot. It's because of his their... fucking facial hair. <laughs> well, well, that, yes. and, and, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. He had, he had changed his LinkedIn job description right. to assistant distiller the week before, oh, and then yeah. a casting agent went on LinkedIn and searched assistant right. distiller, yeah, and he came up. That. Yeah, I forgot about that. You forgot like, about that? That's a big deal. Like, yeah, it was on Real Housewives of Orange County. Forgot about it, yeah. There's just like those weird, you know, we got very lucky and timed everything thing yeah. right and you know a lot of that stuff that that did happen along the way we were talking when you were mixing about location so let me ask you now in terms of fortune and luck how lucky do you feel having found this place versus being down in rhino being, i mean i would assume I feel like incredibly lucky yeah, yeah. um i think that you know we were we were looking closer to there mm-hmm. like you said um and just a few things fell through for whatever reason um, this location suits what we wanted to do yeah. from the beginning much more than places downtown. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing against the, the places downtown, but they're, they're bars that happen to make their own liquor. Mm-hmm. Whereas we wanted to be more of, you know, a little bit more than just a bar to go to, to have a drink and then go on to the next bar. So, yeah. um, no, this, I mean, it's, it's, it's it, not to cut you off, but I think the success of a place like Bear Creek being where mm-hmm. they are, not yeah. being downtown, right? Being in, in a relatively industrial part of town yep, where yep. they have lots of space. And I think Jay and, and Debo would admit that too, that so much of it is just is fortune in mm-hmm. finding that place. So, yeah, so this place is fucking awesome. Yeah, the, this is definitely not necessarily what we were looking for at the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, of our search, but I think especially after a year, what we needed. So we definitely, definitely hit the jackpot finding this place. Is and that- our landlord 
has been fantastic to work with, which hearing horror stories from other distillery owners, mm. we're just so, we're so lucky that we have a good landlord. <laughs> That's uh, obviously important. Did you want to add to that? I keep forgetting to look at you. Oh, you know, I just, uh, Harry and the Henderson's beard. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of luck, but, uh, I think it's also a lot of, there's a lot of hard work and not getting discouraged. Okay. Like, we we had multiple bad business plans that would not have worked, like Eric was saying, <laughs> and it's just about not being discouraged uh, and and being passionate and and interested in this in this industry and like figuring out how to make it work. I think um, constraints force creativity, and so when we have to when we can't find the perfect building immediately, mm-hmm. then we have to be more creative in our process in our in our layout and, and everything and uh, with the that whole like passion for the industry and the product too um i did a class like for a weekend that was teaching you like oh this is the distilling process this is the business side of thing it was just kind of like yeah how to distillery um and i remember there were two guys that were wanting to open a distillery there that i like went out to lunch with yeah. and they were like oh, what's your plan? And I was like, oh, this is blah, 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 blah. And they were like, oh, we're planning on selling out in five years anyway. And it's like, yeah. if you're, if that's the goal, like your goal isn't make something good. Your goal is just get it to a point where somebody will buy us. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really a passion for the product or the industry. That's that's an issue. That's yeah. a problem for sure. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. that, you know, we've never had anything close to that attitude with things, I don't think. No, so. no, it's always been... This is what we want to do, mm-hmm. and if this can pay the bills, like that's great. That's all we want it to do. Yeah. Uh, at you know, if it's super successful, great. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's expand and build upon it. But uh, at the end of the day, like if we're if our job is doing something that we love, like that's There's more so satisfying than, yeah. than being at like in Eric's case, like a web developer at a at an agency that he he's unhappy with, or you know, like you're your own boss and you're you're making creative products to to share with people and it's, yeah. it's rewarding and and fun and speaking of products now that you're empty yeah. on your yeah. drink um i got i poured two of just our spirits here for you so the one on your Jesus, guys. right there okay. don't have to drink it don't all. have to drink it all these are tasters didn't want um, to go to waste <laughs> so oh well, now i forget okay, which yeah. one was which uh you'll be able to tell i, <laughs> I, I want to say that one is our australian style gin okay that smells very ginny. <laughs> um, and this is our unaged single malt That's whiskey. That's correct, yes. <laughs> yeah. Good memory. Oh, ooh. did I do that? Yeah, maybe you're... Got a hot mic. Oh, yeah, that is. Oh, you. <laughs> you should have a podcast. Look, I uh, edit and produce a podcast. Look, my... Do you really? Yeah, but it's about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> awesome. My friends in Australia play it, and, and yeah, I, I edit and produce it, so... I mean, brewery on campus. <laughs> Anyhow, we should talk about the equipment because we just cleared everything out, and you can't sell stuff back. As it, like a university can't sell stuff, oh, so yeah, I'll let you know. I need to get an inventory yeah. and let you know because there's know. a lot of fun stuff. Uh, okay, so I'm drinking some gin. That's, yep, that's our Australian style gin. What's that? What's an Australian style gin? What's so, that? So um, I lived in Australia for 18 months, and where? Uh, mostly Melbourne. Okay. Uh, and then, you pronounced it right. That's right. Wow. Yeah, Melbourne. For <laughs> Melbourne. Else. Went down there to Melbourne. Uh, yeah, I lived there for about six months in a hostel, okay. uh, which was a, a fun experience. But um, in then Sydney for a bit, Tasmania okay. for a bit, traveled That's around awesome. a bit. Um, so this is kind of flavors and botanicals inspired by Australia. Yeah. So the, the gin scene is, is exploding uh, uh. in Australia because they have 
one of the reasons is because they have access to so many unique and interesting botanicals and flavors that, that aren't commonly here. But it wasn't, I mean, it's not a part of Australian culture because of no. the connections to England at all? No, no. Uh, not in the same way, or, no. The, yeah. the craft distilling yeah. movement in Australia, or the distilling movement, is coming all at the same time. Yeah. Like, the, like they, they, they had beer uh, mm-hmm. and, and wine for a while. Yeah. And then craft beer, craft spirits, yeah. craft wine, like all this stuff is happening all at once. Craft cider. Uh, okay. So all the, those industries are exploding at once, whereas in the U.S. it was, it was clearly like, craft beer yeah. led the way and then now we're seeing more uh cideries and and distilleries those are the kind of up and coming now yeah. we're in in australia it's happening all at once so this is our australian style gin has uh like i said flavors and botanicals from australia that's, so i'm not a gin drinker like at all but that is delicious holy shit <laughs> that's really good yeah. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of yeah different so, things happening yeah juniper kind of plays the the back note okay. uh yeah. it, it needs to be there it needs to be obvious it's there yeah. but we 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 use things like eucalyptus mm-hmm. uh we get, you get that kind of that minty flavor from mm-hmm. the eucalyptus mm-hmm. we we uh we're going for a lemon myrtle and finger lime okay uh, again more citrus more mint um some almost like a sage uh flavor profile yeah, on yeah. that uh we pepperberry so we're trying to get these like less common in in American gin, mm-hmm. uh, very common in Australian gin. Uh, those flavors across, so it's more flor- floral. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more, you know, it's, it's got that citrus and that floral n- nature. It's not, it's not like you're you're chewing on a, a handful of pine needles. Yeah. It's 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 more delicate. Uh, Where do you get your ingredients then? Uh, we we go through Savory Spice. Okay, uh, right. they've been great. Like we. Uh, Melinda over there mm-hmm. she, she's she been working with me she worked with me at, at Denver Distillery okay. we come up with recipes that then they blend together or you know she, she's she got a ton of knowledge a ton of experience so I'm like this is kind of what I'm going for mm-hmm. and then she'll give me some feedback and be like have you thought about this this thing and I was mm-hmm. like and I've never heard of that thing like yeah. maybe and then she'll bring me a sample I'll chew on it and be like that's what it that's, needs you're right uh, she does a, I live close to Spice Trade's new location and she they do all of the stuff for Spice Trade, like all yeah. of their, you know, all of their shit. So this is so good. My yeah. God. All right. You said I don't have to finish. So you, don't finish. Have you don't. To you don't. You can't. I'll probably finish we off make air. <laughs> and okay, now tell me about this one. So that is our uh, single malt white whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an unaged Scotch-inspired uh, whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it enters the barrel and leaves almost immediately. That's oh. you know, as as I'm sure everyone knows that whiskey gets. Traditionally, whiskey gets color and flavor from the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, ours is aged for no less than one minute. Uh, okay. That's our official age statement uh, to call it whiskey. Yeah. Um, but we use um, all malted barley. So we use uh, crystal pale Munich, mm-hmm. and then we get some peated malt from Scotland. Okay. Um, okay. So that you get a little bit of that earthy smokiness from that peat, yeah. uh, and you get some of those dark chocolate, uh, mm-hmm. maybe some toasted caramel notes from the crystal and Munich malts. Okay. Okay, um, I dig it. It's so it, it is uh, a little confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, we call it a whiskey and it's white. Uh, it's yeah. clear. Like, people don't quite understand. Uh, Recently, I've been describing it more as kind of a mezcal. Okay. Just because, okay. Uh, you know, a lot of people see it and when they see it's clear, don't necessarily give it a chance because yeah. they just kind of automatically assume that it's going to be moonshine mm-hmm. and just burn all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you tell them, Oh, think of it more of as of a uh, think of it more as a no. It's all right. You've had a drink, yeah. so that's <laughs> uh, fine. Um, that they give it a little bit more of a shot uh, than 
because they're used to a mezcal being clear, but also having the same level of flavor that's in there. Okay. Um, whereas the people that there also is just a lot of or are a lot of people that think, oh, this is interesting, and do give it a shot and end up liking it. Mm-hmm. But um, traditionally, people that like bourbon don't really like it, just because it's so far away from that bourbon spicy vanilla flavor. But yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it's just an education game, like with with everything in the yeah. craft spirits world. Like, once people know what what is what's a possibility, they're mm-hmm. they're more receptive to it. Um, I think it's just a matter of like the pre pre existing knowledge on on what they think yeah. a whiskey should be, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of clearing that up and being like, hey, the, you know, this is a clear whiskey. Like, you're going to get all the flavor from the grain and none from the barrel. Um, and you know, we want all of our spirits to be sipping quality mm-hmm. um, and, and we're hopefully educating people that clear spirits can, you know, be enjoyed on the mm-hmm. rocks, be enjoyed neat. Um, we get a, a, a bunch of people that come and swear by our gin, gin on the rocks, like, uh, you know, whiskey on the rock, like clear whiskey on the rocks yeah. or, or, you know, anything like that. Or uh, we've got a, a regular who orders a whiskey soda, like with our clear whiskey. And it's just like, it's the, as long as we're, we're we're putting in the effort, we're we're making sure that things taste good. We're, we mm-hmm. want them to taste good. We're like yeah. we're not out to like trick you into buying our product. We we want you to taste it, want you to like it, and buy a bottle. <laughs> All right, let's talk about that then. Let's talk about about packaging and 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 selling outside of here. Um, what uh, is it? Just you two? Like who's out there? Who's who's in charge of getting this on shelves? <laughs> is it just here? Like what's going on there? It's ninety nine percent here. Okay. Um, we're in a couple liquor stores, we're mm-hmm. in a couple restaurants, um, but for the most part, it's it's 99% here, and a lot of that does have to do with timing. Mm-hmm. Um, we opened November 19th of last year, okay. and at the time was just the two of us. That was um, a different year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 2020. We're in the what, eighth year of 2020. Yeah, right, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the first month or two, we were just trying to make sure that everything here was running smoothly. Okay kind of get the tasting room business uh, climbing up, which it did. Um, and about two weeks before the state shutdown happened is when we started going out to try to get into bars and restaurants. Oh, nice. Um, Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. And so obviously, you know, if restaurants are shut down and not open, mm-hmm. you can't really sell anything to them. So uh, you're, you're canning cocktails though, right? We're doing, doing cocktails to go, yeah. Cocktails yeah, to go. Yeah, we do stubby yeah. bottles, glass stubby bottles. Okay, um, all right. Yeah. What were the DBC cans out there? The Denver beer cans. Oh, uh, so that's just a whole nother. It's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So we um, we we're uh, we put a focus on sustainability here. Okay. Uh, and apart from diverting our own waste, reusing the same water over and over again for for condensing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our our solid waste goes to as animal feed for for urban farming. Our okay. some of our liquid waste uh, goes to. Uh, regenerative gardening uh, as, as organic fertilizer. Nice. Um, we have become a spot where people will give alcohol that maybe isn't perfect. Okay. So in the case of these seltzer cans that you saw, these are uh, Denver Beer Co. dropped off 200 cases of uh, a mistake seltzer. Okay. So this was the dragon fruit flavor that was put into the lime cans. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the dragon fruit flavor. But we can empty these cans and distill the alcohol. Okay. What? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same process. Okay. Anything that's distilled first starts as a beer or a wine or, okay. or something similar. Okay. Uh, 
so we we run it through the stills and uh, see what what kind of flavors we get from it. Um, so, so who do you know? Like, did, does Charlie Burger call you and say, "Here, here, guys, <laughs> we got this fuck up"? Or? Uh, there was uh, an email that was sent to Denver Distillery okay. uh, and immediately forwarded to me. Okay, because uh, they know that that. Austin will say yes to this. Okay. Uh, this is a weird project. 200 cases. And I didn't really know what 200 cases looked like. Yeah. Uh, it's two pallets. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. Two of, four and a half foot pallets. 4,800 4, cans yeah. to crack. It's a, it's a lot of seltzer. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, they, they said, hey, we got this. Do you want it? I was like, yeah, sure. Because back in March and April when we switched to hand sanitizer, yeah. we ended up distilling a lot of beer. Uh, beer okay. that couldn't be served. Um, again, that sustainability, turning that what would have normally been waste, they just dump it down the drain. Nobody or, talks about that. So what, like kegs? People like bring kegs out? Stuff yeah. Like uh, so not not so much us the with, with kegs. Uh, yeah. But yeah, those blue poly drums, uh, okay. Comrade Brewing, uh, they made their first attempt at a hard seltzer. Yeah. They made that and then gave us 11. Poor Marks. I can't believe he's been forced to make a hard seltzer. <laughs> Poor bastard. You know, it was, it was purely for sanitizer. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Uh, and so we... You know, we did that. Uh, Wincoop, they were okay. they were making beer for baseball season and St. Patrick's Day, so they had thousands of gallons. And um, oh Brewers we, Association, yeah, gave us however much, yeah, um, yeah, for the Brewers Association, they had a bunch of competition beer uh, for the world's best beer festival uh-huh. um, that it got canceled, yeah. and all this beer is just sitting around in their warehouse. So they had an army of volunteers cracking cans, opening bottles, filling five gallon buckets, and then dumping those buckets into you know, 275 gallon totes. And we yeah. had about four of those totes, uh, come through our, maybe six totes. I, it was a, it's kind of a blur that, that sanitizer <laughs> uh, period for us, but we were distilling a lot of beer. And so we, we, we knew what it tasted like cause we're distilling it. Yeah. We're going to taste it, yeah. Uh, yeah. whether it's going to become hand sanitizer or not. And so we, we kind of <laughs> got the idea of, you know, hopefully one, one day we'll, we'll be able to do some projects where we're collaborating with breweries and just, distilling their beer into a beer schnapps or you know yeah. some kind of hopped whiskey or, or whatever we end up having to call it or how we market it um and so this this is kind of that first actual trial for that uh turning again waste what would normally be waste into a, a viable you know sustainable product who i guess uh, knowing that 99 percent of the stuff comes for, through here what is your clientele? Is it people in the neighborhood? Is it word of mouth? They come from Denver? Like, it's what is it's mostly neighborhood. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what we were going for to begin with. Okay. Um, you know, we kind of wanted to be more of a neighbor, neighborhood distillery mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rather than, uh, you know, some fancy cocktail right. bar. And, I mean, when you look at our menu, our prices are pretty cheap for a cock, you know, yeah. a good cocktail. Um, so th- this wasn't thirty-seven dollars for that. No, the, yeah. this one was uh, I think eight dollars for a for that steal. here. It's um, good. Yeah, the prices yeah. are going up a tiny bit coming, <laughs> coming up soon, but not. You know, we still yeah. want to keep it so that you can come here and spend a night here without going bankrupt. Okay. Um, that was kind of always a goal for us. Um, but yeah, our clientele is mostly neighborhood people. Um, the area that we're in in Lakewood, there's just not a whole lot around that's not chains. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people are excited that there's just something, something new here, <laughs> something to kind of go out that's not a, a chain restaurant or place like that. Yeah. Um, so that's, and we do have a lot of really great regulars too. Um, that especially the first few months we were open, 
75% of the people that came in every week were regulars. Okay. The 25% that weren't next week were our new regulars. Yeah. And it was just that over and over again. So week after week, we were we were growing until the shutdown. <laughs> Do you think that there's a desire from people just to not go to a chain? That I mean, again, being down in DTC and, and Spice Trade as a client of mine, the traffic goes through there is insane. And I'm wondering how much is it? People just don't want to go to a chain. Right? So just, yeah. there's a... I don't know if I'm allowed to say chain restaurant names, but um, <laughs> I, I don't. There's, so no there's, a, there's, a, there's an old Chicago down the street, yep, yep. Um, which is one of the only places to kind of go and have a beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first few months that we were open, people would come in and just say, we're so glad we don't have to drink at old Chicago anymore. Yeah. A lot uh, of business meetings there and like drunk people with ties that are half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and we're also very fortunate that for the most part, because we're kind of in suburban neighborhood mm-hmm. and, it's it's not your downtown crowd. It's yeah. people that come out in smaller groups with their friends and just want to sit down and have a couple drinks. That yeah. very rarely do we get like the rowdy crowd in here. Um, which at least for me, work in the bar is very nice to <laughs> not have to oh, deal sure. with. <laughs> yeah, that's a plus of of being a distillery is that uh, for the most part, uh, people know what you're get they're getting. Uh, they're yeah. they're they're getting spirits. They're they're you know they're they're not just going to get drunk they right. they're they have an interest in the craft uh you know occasionally they'll get a friend that they bring along that maybe isn't um and that's kind of usually the worst of it uh but we yeah all sorts here uh we the, have, we have uh parents that came by and became our regulars and their children are also our regulars uh, nice. I, and they'll they'll they not tell a, each other that they're showing up uh, and then just see each other they brought us pie the other day so. they did yeah, yeah, shout out, yeah shout we've got to, some great regulars shout out to clay and veronica for the pie <laughs> clay and veronica what do you guys have to do for food what do you, do you get to do a food truck like how does that work so here? right now with the current restrictions we yeah. have to have a food partner okay. but it's oh, as, yeah. it's as easy as calling up the local pizza place and saying hey we're open are you open we're going to send people to your way um so right now that's that's our our current plan um we don't really we don't do food we're we're too small to have a kitchen i was gonna say where the hell would you (laughs) like one of those pizza ovens yeah Yeah, we we could do some kind of like hybrid oven you know those are like those are pretty expensive yeah several thousand dollars uh (laughs) uh, and then the freezer space or or whatever additional food um we also don't want to overstretch ourselves. We're, no, you know, yeah. We haven't even been open a year. We don't want to push too far. Right. Yes. And, and what we tell people normally or, or what we would tell people if, if they could get their own food and, and bring it in or uh, get, get to-go cocktails and go pick up is this uh, ch- kicking chicken down the road mm-hmm. just opened up. Uh, and it's incredible. We actually just awesome. ate that before you came over. Um, uh, <laughs> I might have to go there. My wife doesn't listen to the podcast. Anyway, so, <laughs> they do like um, a rice flour uh, yeah. fried chicken. Okay. Um, and it's just extra crispy. They do they do it like chicken sandwich, chicken, chicken tenders, chicken and waffles. Oh. And then they have different sides. And it's kind of like, uh, it seems bizarre at first. Like they've got Mexican street corn and Vietnamese okay. slaw. It's, it's a Vietnamese, Vietnamese family that, that owns and operates it. And, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of. They just picked good food uh, that they like to make and, and goes well so, um, with the so chicken. So another one of our regulars there Monday night uh, is they always get kicking chicken yeah. and then come here and eat it while they have a couple cocktails. They're here every Monday. Yeah. How important has it been over the last eight months that it's just you two here? I mean, I, I don't know if you <laughs> have employed. I mean, yeah. Very, we, we do have one bartender okay. um, that we had to hire because we were – you know, the first week that we opened the patio, mm-hmm. um, we when we were doing the sanitizer, essentially said like, "Hey, 
please remember us when we're open again. And luckily that happened. Um, So the first week that we were open just had a night where we just got murdered. Um, And that night I I had messaged you and it was just like, I'm hiring a bartender tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Luckily the bartender that we have right now uh, came here that night. Ah, nice. Yeah. um, I had made some offhand comment of, oh uh yeah like this is the busiest we've ever been i'm definitely hiring a bartender and she was just like well you know what i happen to be a bartender who is looking for work so again it's those weird like lucky coincidences that have gotten us through some weird (laughs) the weird times (laughs) but yeah it's been it's been critical that we're so lean uh during these times like we have very low overheads um we're you know budget conscious like we try not to spend money on things we don't have to because mm-hmm. we haven't had money yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's we <laughs> a, overall we opened this place for about half of what anybody told us was the bare minimum nice. to open a distillery wow okay. um which it, again goes to that like two years worth of planning mm-hmm. because if i went to somebody who knew what they were talking about and said this is the money i have and they were like oh you need double that I wouldn't be that confident, mm-hmm. but we spent two years just being like, all right, like this is all the numbers on paper. We're not missing anything. We're confident that we can do that with this budget. You guys have done, I mean, this is impressive. There were a lot of comments on that post on Instagram from folks saying they love coming yeah. here. So uh, it's very clear. Let's talk about this last one here yeah. and then we'll jump off air and I, I need to have the tour and finish these things that you said. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you liked our gin. Um, yes. I think this is another one of our, uh, Really good flavors that Melinda at Savory Spices helped uh, help get us. I'll let you talk about the, the spice. Yeah, rum. so this is yeah, this is our spiced rum. It's uh, similar to our our gin. It's distilled in a vapor basket. So okay. we 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 put all of our spices and botanicals at the top of the still, and then the rum as a vapor extracts the uh-huh. flavors, and that's how you get that really clean, crisp flavor. I'm envisioning it now. Okay. I'm yeah. Gonna, okay. Um, right. And so for our spiced rum, we used. Uh, Sichuan peppercorn, cardamom, oh. ginger, vanilla bean, cinnamon, mace pepper, a little bit of clove, and so it's really aromatic, really yeah. complex. Uh, it's it's not your kind of your overly saccharine like thick, you know, Sailor Jerry's or, or Captain Morgan. It's not cinnamon red hot. It's yeah. not. Uh, it, it's kind of it's delicate, aromatic, and complex. It's it's it doesn't leave a, a lingering. It, kind of off i like this uh, i like this on your palate and and it's just uh yeah it it, it's hopefully educating people that there's some good spiced rums out there like that is delicious it doesn't have to be that kind of captain morgan's that you're that you're used to Um, (sighs) and it goes it goes it's it's like i said like like we try for all of our spirits it's great on its own but it it lends itself really well with other flavor profiles and cocktails and and Everything's really complex. Like I, I know that you're not selling a lot of bottles, you know, off shelves. But folks who are listening, I think if you want to get a bottle of a liquor of a spirit that's gonna it's gonna pair well with a complex three to four course meal, I'm I'm, I'm known to champion this stuff. It's delicious. I mean, there's a lot going on there, right? In the yeah. same way that you know you might do a what used to be a, a next stop brewing, right? One of their beers with with a, a full meal of food. Um, this is really good. Wow. Um, with our spice rum especially i always tell people we wanted to actually taste the spices that we put in there okay. whereas with the spice rum most people are used to like you know captain sailor joe or whatever it's oh this is sweet 
and has vanilla and yeah i'm gonna put it in coke and yeah, right. not have to taste it yeah um whereas we wanted to be like oh yeah these are these are the spices we use and they make a good combination there's no reason to i mean i understand people wanting to mix their rum and their spice rum but there's no, no reason to mix this at all you wouldn't have to right there's yeah. a lot going on there what um um as we kind of wrap up here I found that people like to listen to shorter episodes over the last few weeks, so that's why I'm cutting it off. No Otherwise, worries. we could be here for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we want to plug? What do you guys want to plug that's going on over the next week to two? I mean, this will come out tomorrow, so or, or tell us what's going on and, and tell us where to come. Uh, we do a drink of the week okay. uh, Thursday through Monday. Changes every week on Thursday. Uh, what is it tomorrow? Because this will go out We have morning. not come up with what tomorrow <laughs> is. Uh, it's delicious. That's it's going to be amazing. This, uh, yeah. this, this last week, we used a uh, Carolina Reaper infused vodka okay. for a drink called Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh. Um, so we're trying to keep it spooky for for hol- for uh, October and Halloween. Okay. I think we're probably going to do a little Halloween tiki party or something like that coming up. We uh, uh, we just won an award. Whoa. Uh, we were Congrats. voted for uh, USA Today's 10 Best. What? Uh, we're number two for Best New Craft Distillery in the Nation. Are you serious? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Jesus. How the hell does that happen? We're not sure. There's a panel of experts <laughs> that nominated uh, I mean, I'm know, guessing 20 you're, distilleries from across the U.S. How much are you paying your PR person? <laughs> <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Congratulations, yeah, you guys. Thanks. Holy I, shit. Yeah, that's kind of the, so the kind biggest of the main thing that's our... happened uh, around these parts. We're, we got some new products in the line that we're, okay. we're still workshopping. Uh, Taiwanese-inspired gin, mm. uh, lychee, starfruit, kumquat. Uh, so tropical citrus floral gin that, that, that we'll be doing. Um, we're we're going to be releasing a couple new products for our one-year anniversary. Had yeah. some whiskey aging in the back for since our first batch that we're going to release for our one year coming up in November. Okay. And as well as a funky rum, uh, a dunder rum that's been okay. oaked. Uh, what the hell does that mean? What's a dunder rum? It's like so it's, it's, it's sourdough. <laughs> yeah, if you're familiar with like a, a sour mash whiskey, okay. um, it's that's where you, you take what's left in the still, uh, and add it into a new batch. Mm-hmm. There's just a step in between where we let that that liquid ferment, uh, uh, get funky, collect yeah. all these wild bacteria, wild yeast, and then you get these high ester, like really weird tasting but really interesting rums okay. uh, that that come from that. It's it's a traditionally Jamaican rums are made this way um, uh. with the dunder uh, or the muck, the fermented dunder. Can we buy this stuff on shelves anywhere? It's in uh, a few liquor stores right now. Where? Uh, right down the road at Union Wine and Spirits. Okay. Um, we are in Evergreen Discount Liquors. Okay. Um, uh, that's about it for liquor stores <laughs> in, right now. In process for we, others. We are our salespeople, so we're we're out there. We're, we're trying to make it, trying to run the bar, and then trying to sell. Uh, and it's just... Uh, You're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot. We're wearing all the hats here. But I mean, I think, again, folks who are listening, if you are trying to pair a meal with something a little bit more complex than just your, you know, I don't want to say bottom shelf, but uh, your your thirty to forty dollar bottle of, of whiskey or spirit. I mean, I think how much does this run here? Uh, Spice rums twenty eight a bottle. Yeah, yeah, you should just spend the money on this because yeah. this is delicious. Um, <laughs> you too. Uh, thank you so much, Eric. Thank, thank you so you. much, Austin. I'll do a, t- a tiny cheers. Yeah. You guys don't have that. Um, and then um, thank you so much, guys. Uh, come you. out to nice. Balmer Peak. What the hell does Balmer, Balmer Peak mean, by the way? So as a, as a programmer before this, the Balmer Peak is a line graph, and okay. it's uh, your programming ability to your blood alcohol level. Uh, is that a so, Steve Ballmer joke? Yes, yep. it's, okay. it's it's from Steve Ballmer, yeah. and so as you start drinking, your progr- your ability goes down to zero. But then there's Holy like a twenty minute period where it spikes up, great. 
and it, like as a programmer, I can say this is 100. percent Yeah, it's realistic. True. I always describe it to people as like, oh, if you're at a, out at a bar playing pool uh-huh. uh, or golfing or bowling or whatever, there's that sweet spot where yeah. you're just like, man, I'm really good at this. It's, that's the that's the bomber peak. So yeah. it's, it's middle stu- nine holes. There's middle six a, holes in golf. Yeah, it's a, it's a stupid little tech joke if you get it, and if not, it still sounds very Colorado-y. No, I dig that. Okay, Bomber Peak. Holy shit. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, enjoy yourselves and, and, and come out here and drink some fantastic whiskey. Thank you, guys. Or er, uh, spirits. Thanks, guys.